0: What are you searching for? So, what are you searching for? Let's pray. God, Somebody's on the other side of this camera. They desperately are searching for peace. I want to ask that you would move supernaturally. Provide them with the answer and the access. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, if this is your first time, this is the fourth week of our series that we call What Are You Searching For? And if you missed the first three weeks, simply go to our website and. Access those three weeks of teaching we've done a huge survey of the things that people are yearning for and this is our fourth week and today uh, We're gonna talk about the search for peace. Can somebody shout peace? Can you just simply type that in the chat and as we looked at the Google search engine and looked at how the different ways that people are searching around peace uh, Here are some examples. See whether or not you hear your voice in these examples Uh, peace, how do I find peace My escalating anxieties. How to reduce stress. I'm worried, confused about life. How to overcome fear. Fear of being alone. Fear of failure. I'm terrified. I can't stop worrying. Is this you? Uh, Are you the person that says, as I think about COVID and infections that are escalating, and I'm terrified? Or perhaps you are out of a job and you're not sure what the government is going to do. I'm terrified. Are you the person that says, I just can't stop worrying. I can't, it keeps me up. I can't even sleep. My mind just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And all of those are examples of the fact that you're in search of peace and Jesus has an answer for you. Want to find Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 31 through 32, this is literally just a few hours before, uh, he will be arrested and crucified just a few hours before, his entire world is going to fall apart along with those who are close to him. So you're talking about anxiety and worry and fear and pain. He's about to step right in the middle of it. And so here's his final teaching to his disciples. And he begins with this question. He asks, do you now believe, you've been with me for three and a half years, Jesus is saying, you've seen the miracles, you've seen who I am. Do you now believe that I am who I say that I am? And then he goes on and makes this prediction, which is really... Uh, Just about the next few hours a time is coming and in fact it has come when you will be scattered each one each to your own home Because when he's arrested fear is gonna break loose. Everybody's gonna scatter, right? He says you will leave me all alone Jesus says yet. I'm not alone because the father is with me now check this out I've told you these things so that in me You may have here. It is peace in this world you will have trouble take heart I have overcome the world in quote can somebody say peace what is he talking about when he uses this word peace what is it and how does one access it that's the question well let me just remind you that he says here in this world so he wants us to be realistic and really really solid in our thinking you will have trouble. It can be translated trial, tribulation, tragedy, right? You'll have trouble. All right, so let's start here. The piece that Jesus is talking about, let's define it first by what it is not, all right? The piece of Jesus that Jesus that he's talking about is, is, is not the absence of conflict, or pain, or confusion, or our trouble, or sickness, or financial challenge—it's not that. It's not as though Jesus is saying, I, "Here's how I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to make all of the brokenness of life go away. Then you'll be stress-free." That's, that's 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 not what he's suggesting here, right? As a matter of fact, what he's really teaching—his peace that he's talking about, the peace that's in him, that comes through him—is not the absence of anything but rather it is the awareness, peace is the awareness of the presence of God. It's awareness that right in the middle of sickness, right in the middle of trouble, right in the middle of financial calamity, right in the hospital, peace comes through the awareness of the active presence of God. Now notice the text, let's go back to the text here. Notice what he he says. Uh, in John 16. Here's what he says. A time is coming and in fact it has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone as we just read. Watch this. Yet I am not alone. Here's his here's, here's, here's awareness of the active presence, right? For my Father is with me. You see the power there? That Jesus said, I'm gonna be able to face with a sense of peace all that lies ahead of me because I'm aware of the active presence in, in, in his humanness. He's modeling for us the active presence of God. Don't you, don't you, don't you remember that some of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible scriptures that remind us how in tough moments we have the active presence of an almighty and all loving God that's with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. Why? For thou art with me. Or Isaiah 41 and 10. Listen to what he says. Don't be afraid. Why? For I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God and I will strengthen you. It's not just the presence of God, right? It's the awareness of the active presence of God in your current situation when Jesus was was about to be born and Joseph wasn't sure whether or not Mary had cheated on him really the angel comes to Joseph and says listen this is of God her pregnancy and check it out it is the fulfillment of the prophets of Isaiah when he declared that a virgin shall be shall conceive and bring forth a, a son and they, come on now, the family, the community, the nation, the world, shall call him Emmanuel. What? God with us. In every circumstance, in every situation, are you aware that he's with you? And so the first step towards understanding what's meant by the peace of Jesus' promises is to develop, cultivate an awareness of his active involvement in, in your life and to open up the door and let him become even more actively involved in your life. Jesus says, the peace that's in me. The second thing that we need to uh, notice uh, as we think about uh, how to access this peace is that we need to make sure that we are aware of the relationship between fear and Anxiety, another word for anxiety is worry. Attached to that is stress, and ultimately the peace that Jesus is talking about. Here's the first thing that I want you to note about fear. Fear is always shaped by, uh, is often, rather, shaped by what we can't control. Somebody shout future. The future. Fear connected, uh, fear as a drive of anxiety and worry in your life oftentimes is shaped by the future. Now, if we go back to this text and we see what Jesus says about, about this, he says, a time is coming. It's the future. Say this with me. See, Say the future beyond my reach and my control. When you're dealing with stuff that is beyond your reach and your control, most often that's the future, uh, you're fearful about, since I can't control it and I can't reach it, what's going to happen, all of the bad fallouts? For example, those of you who are seniors in high school and you, you've, you've, you have great grades, you've got great test scores and you're putting your packets together and you've, got, you've, you've identified the colleges that you want and, and I, I suspect that in, in, in January February March you're going to get those packages out and, and, at, at, and somewhere along the line anxiety is going to kick in, fear is going to kick in because once you send that application out it's totally beyond your reach it'll be decided in the future and you can't control it. Some people are going to be sitting around a table and they're going to make a decision whether you get into that school or you don't get into that school. But if you're aware of the active presence of God and if you've got a relationship with this Jesus that I'm talking about and if you've submitted your life to him then, then, then you should be able to just kind of sit back and relax You say because at the end of the day you're trusting him to shape your future. Trust in him. Now notice Here it says, uh, and in fact, has come. It's another take about the relationship between fear and anxiety. Sometimes it's about what's beyond my reach that I can't control. Sometimes it's about what's in my reach, but I can't control it. (laughs) It it, it has come. It's near me. I, I can touch it. I can feel it, but I can't control it. Right? This is, a, this is a loved one who's taking care of a family member and, and, and you can feed them, you can care for them, but they're dealing with a disease uh, and, and, and you can't impact the disease in their body. You can, you can reach them, but you can't control what's going on inside. This is a parent that's got a wayward child, right? And, 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 and they're in your house and you're teaching and you're pouring into them. Uh, they're within your reach, but you cannot seemingly impact the direction of their lives. That was me and that was my grand-aunt. And she learned how to, with discipline, to keep turning me over to God, keep turning me over to God, because she just believed that God could do with me what she could never do with me. You see, the value of of releasing to a power that is greater than you. And so that's the... it, it, where there's fear, of course, right? Then there comes anxiety. And here's, here's some ways that anxiety expresses itself. Worry or stress. You, you, you find yourself dealing with uncontrollable t- anger and violence and addictive behavior. And, and and all these uncontrolled thoughts where you're thinking about things that you just can't stop thinking about. Did I leave the stove on? And all day long you're thinking about that, right? Did I, did I get that conversation wrong in that meeting? And for the next couple of days you're thinking about it. All right. Here's two obstacles to the peace that Jesus offers us. It's not anxiety, surprise, it's not worry, and it's not fear. The two obstacles to the peace that Jesus promises us, listen, are, the first is the inability to trust. You've got an act of power in your life. It's, the question is, will I trust him? And Jesus is saying, will you trust me with that which you can't control? The second obstacle is our willingness to keep trying to control what we can't control. Those are the two obstacles to the peace that Jesus is offering us that comes through him to us. Find it hard to trust. And we keep trying to control what's not ours to control. The opposite of the inability to trust, the opposite of trying to control what we can't control is to practice trusting and letting go. Come on, go ahead and type that in the chat. Trust and let go. Trust and let go. A couple years ago, I shared this story uh, at um, I think our last Easter worship gathering. A few years ago, we went to a, Family camp called Mount Hermon, my kids talked me into doing zip lining. And at Mount Hermon, they have these tall redwood trees and they've built these zip line obstacle courses up among the trees. And so we worked our way through the obstacle course and we got to the very end. And there on the stage, uh, my kids grabbed the rope, bungee jumped, and bungee jumped down. I didn't realize that that was at the end of the course. So when I realized it, I was on my way out. I, I, and my kids just said, no, dad, come on down. And I was like, you must be crazy. <laughs> and the lady who was talking to me said, it's a Christian capsule. She said, wait a moment, wait a moment. Where's your faith? I'm like, faith? <laughs> she says, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> I didn't say this, but this is what I was thinking. Faith, this is not about faith. This is like 60 feet above ground. <laughs> this is about common sense. Come on now. I'm going that way. <laughs> but she says, wait, 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 wait. She says, listen, just get to the edge. People have been jumping, bungee jumping all day long. Nothing has happened for weeks. Nothing has happened. You're going to be safe. You just got to trust and let go. Trust and let go. She said, I'm gonna to count to three. One, two, three, and you jump. So she counted. One, two, three. And I was just standing right there, like, I ain't jumping nowhere. So she said, Come on, come on, come on. All right. So says, she says, one, two, and then she pushes me. Three. Ah! <laughs> I didn't trust, but I had to let go. <laughs> and you can imagine when we came back down and it bounced me back up. I said, Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Your life is like that. Part of growing in our relationship with God is learning how to trust and let go. Trust and let go, kids. Trust and let go some of the broken uh, challenges in our relationship that we're trying to fix that's not ours to fix. Trust and let go. Can you just say it with me? Trust and let go. so, uh, God's antidote then for fear and anxiety and stress, are you ready for it? It's wrapped up in Christmas. Christmas. Here we are just a little bit before our Christmas Eve gathering. I'm hoping you're getting ready to show up at. Uh, you say, it's wrapped up in Christmas. How is it wrapped up in Christmas? Because here's how I understand Christmas. christ It's Christ in the mess with us. The reason why you and I can trust and let go, whether you're a senior thinking about going to college or whether you are trying to hold on to a job that that, is, that you're no longer right for. The reason why we can Trust and let go is because we know the, 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 the Christmas story, the, the message of the birth of Jesus, the one that we're talking about now in John, uh, is the message that says Christ is in the mess with us. Jesus is in the mix with you. Whatever mess you're in, Christ is there. Whatever mix you're in, whatever you're mixed up in, Jesus is there. Whew. It's part of the reason why Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you've done to me. Because if you're looking at a homeless person, which we were a huge blessing to, are you look, you, you're looking at someone who's standing in a food line, uh, what you've done to the least of these, you've done for me. Jesus is saying, they may not know, it, but I'm there with them. And, and those 3,000 hygiene kits that we helped to mobilize, nearly 3,000, 2,700, uh, uh, were all reminders to people that he's right there with them. He's right there with him. Wow, oh, God bless you, so you can trust and let go. Now, John sixteen thirty one. Let's look at, let's look at what 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 it, what it says uh, here. Jesus asks, "Do you now believe?" So part part of accessing the peace that Jesus is talking is to is to recognize that He's present, but part of it is to believe. To believe that he's everything that he says that he is and he's so much more and that you actually take the step to fully surrender the totality of your future, totality of your now, the totality of your life into his hands. Trust and believe. So the question is, are you aware that he's there? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus declares. Anyone who will open their hearts and open their lives, I will come in and fellowship with them, form a relationship with them. Is that you? And then you start practicing trusting him in all those moments that you're anxious, all those moments you're afraid. You decide to trust him. Trust and let go. All right, now let me, let's, let's, let's drill down a little deeper as I hustle to a conclusion. Uh, let me just talk to you about the pathway to Jesus' feet. So I want you to understand that the pathway to his feet includes fear, it includes uh, pain, it, 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 it includes worry, it includes all those things uh, and how you work through them, right? So first of all, fear, everybody shout fear. We saw in the text that the people scattered because they were afraid and the pathway to the peace that jesus offers is that you want to model jesus rather than jesus running he decided to face what was waiting for him and so if you if you're taking notes you want to write out to the side see it and face it what fear have you been running from what fear is driving you see it and because he's in your life because because the prince of peace is in your life because a mighty god is in your life come on now because he who is the beginning and the ending is in your life you've got the power to face it and secondly worry how how do i how do i how do i how do i flip the switch on worry it's difficult well i first face my fears And then, if you take a note, type out, write out beside this worry. Realize and decide. Sometimes we're worrying so often, so regularly that that we don't even know we're worrying. Anxiety is such a huge part of our lives that we, we don't even know. The person who doesn't go, you know, who, you know, you got a loved one that's in the hospital and, 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 and you wanna go see them, but you can't go see them. You're not really sure why, why? why. it's this anxiety, right? I'm talking pre-COVID days. And we're not even aware of, uh, of how it affects us. So realize this is worry. Realize that beneath the worry is fear. The fear is usually attached to something that I'm trying to control that I can't and so I'm afraid of the outcome, watch this. So let me go ahead and make a decision. If I can fix something, let me fix it. If I can change something, let me change it. If I can't fix it, if I can't change it, if I can't solve it, then let me decide to surrender it to a greater power. And then somebody just shout and chill. Or better yet, better yet trust. And then there's pain, pain. You know, Jesus models for us. He makes the decision when everybody else ran. He made the decision to move forward towards an arrest, towards crucifixion. And then we find him in the midst of crucifixion and throughout his ministry on the earth, teaching us that when you feel pain, here's what I want you to write out. Engage it and experience it. Engage it and experience it. When Jesus' good friend Lazarus died, the Bible says Jesus wept. When he found that Jerusalem was going wayward, the text says he wept over the city of Jerusalem. And he's in the midst of the horrors of crucifixion. Uh, he responded in the midst of that horrible pain as any other, human, any other person would respond with cries of being wounded. And so here's the teasing for you. Don't, don't, don't repress your pain. Because if you, if you, if you try to push your pain down, your pain will keep you down. You've got to, in order not to get stuck there, you've got to, you got to allow yourself to experience it. You've got to cry through it, weep through it, write about it, talk about it, process it. Exercise exercise it out. You've got to engage it and work with it and work with it so that you might move through it. This is Jesus moving through the crucifixion process. He's confronting and dealing with his pain. And you say, Well, I just can't do what I can't. I can't deal with it. Yes, you can. Because if you've allowed Jesus to be Lord of your life, if you allow him to be the ultimate power in your life, he will give you the strength to do what you cannot do on your own. It is the scripture that declares, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can. With him, all things are possible. And then here comes acceptance acceptance you know a huge part of the grieving process when we lose someone in death when we go through a divorce and another place where we use we can if we're not careful we get stuck is in this notion of acceptance you know when you're grieving you you deal with shock i mean you go from shock to you can't feel to the now. You can't believe it to fluctuating emotions and you got false guilt and false shame shows in it. But at some point, you got to come to a point where you are willing to accept that the unimaginable has happened and you can't do anything about it. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup be taken from me he's he's he's, he's just prior to the uh, to, to his arrest he, he he knows it's coming they are actually coming towards him as he's prayed throughout the night and all he gets back is silence and finally he makes up his mind that the father's calling him to move forward and he accepts that this tragedy of crucifixion and his death is a part of the journey but because the father's with him. And because the father will have the last word, he trusts, he let go, and he moves. He surrenders himself. And then lastly, trust. Here's what we've learned as we've gone through. It's this thing about where we started at the beginning of this year, right? Everybody was excited about a brand new decade, 2020. Then the pandemic hits, right? Then we're locked in. Then Mr. Uh, Mr. Florida's murdered and all of the protest breaks loose. And then the fires come, right? And then the hurricanes hit the south of, of, of south of Louisiana and the southern states. And then the bottom falls out of the economy. And, and you know what, you know, the lesson that we're learning, some people are saying, well, I just can't wait till this year's over. So that 2021 comes. Well, listen, I can't guarantee you that 2021 is going to be any better than 2020 if you if you if you if you learn the lesson of peace now the peace that Jesus offered, you can handle whatever 21 will bring you come on now and here's the basic lesson that 2020 is teaching us don't put your ultimate trust in your health in your government don't put your ultimate trust in your money don't put your ultimate trust not even in your human relationships yes there are levels of trust that you place there but your ultimate trust has to be in the one come on now uh, who has one One foot in time and one foot on eternity. It has to be in the one who declares, I am the beginning and the end. It has to be in the one who is the Prince of Peace, who is the Almighty God, who is a mighty counselor. Come on now. It has to be, it ought to be, it should be in the one who conquered death itself. Jesus. Give him your trust. He gives you his peace. So put your trust and hope there, You know what you get? Peace. Let me prove it. Where you place it makes all the difference. Jesus is on the cross. He's in his final few moments, and he looks up to his father. Remember the one he says, "The Father's with me," and he says, "The ultimate act of trust." Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He trusts, trusts, and he let go, and he dies. totally trust that as horrible as that tragedy is that the father will come through for him (laughs) that's where his hope that's where his confidence was and three days later y'all come on now uh, uh, the tomb the, the stone rolls away and he comes out alive again he's raised from the dead and that brings us to a place of peace okay in the meantime his disciples are frightened of being arrested and crucified, so they're in their homes. You remember what we read before, and they're behind locked doors, and, 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 and they are worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow, and they're, they're fearful about what's gonna happen to their kids, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up in the room where they are, can you imagine if you were in that room full of fear, full of worry, full of concern and, then, uh, and pain because the one you love has been, has been murdered and buried and then suddenly that person shows up in the room with you and, 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 and the first thing he says to them, peace, peace be unto you. Oh, my God. And in that moment, I'm sure they had a flashback. And they remembered that the last time they was in a room with Jesus, he declared to them. He says, look, you're going to scatter and you're going to leave me alone. But that's all right. In this world, you will have trouble. This is the lesson. Come on now. But, 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 but take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And, and, and in that moment, the good news shouts out to them. They realize it. Everything that they were afraid of, he's standing there, having overcome it. Come on. Everything that they were worried about, he is standing there, having overcome it. All of their pain and all of their grief, he is standing there, having overcome it. Even death, the worst tragedy itself, he is standing there, having overcome it. And they make the decision. Remember the question, Do you believe? They shout out in their own way, Yes, Lord. We believe, and Jesus declares to them, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are they who believe without. See, that's you. That's you. Oh my goodness. So it's not just enough to know that he's actively present. It's not enough just to know that he's knocking and he wants to get into the room where you are. You actually got to open the door of your heart and invite him in. You've got to say to him, some of you actually got to say, God, I, Jesus, I want an encounter with you that will see me through the difficult times. That reminds me of a woman by the name of Joy. Joy Davidman. And she uh, was, one, was born brilliant. She was one of the first women to graduate from an Ivy League school when women weren't doing this. And she was trying to figure out where to put her ultimate trust though. She gave up on capitalism at one point. She tried communism, she gave up on that. She married who she thought was the man of her dream. He turned out to be not only the father of her two kids, but he also turned out to be abusive and drunk. And she had to give up on that. And finally, she was introduced to a man by the name of C.S. Lewis that she would ultimately marry. And he introduced her to the one who was the ultimate overcomer, who she could put her trust and hope in. And in her own way, given all that brilliance she had, without doubt, she began to pray, Jesus, if you're real, I need an encounter with you. And she describes a moment in her in a a time of prayer. Come on now. And here's her quote. Here's the quote that she says. She says, in that moment, all my defenses, all the walls of arrogance and cocksuredness and self-love behind which I had hid from God went down momentarily. And God came in. There was a person, she says, talking about Jesus, with me in that room, directly, present to my consciousness. Here's a brilliant woman, come on now, who understood all of the rigors of science and the highest ways of thinking. She says, she says, she says, a person, I tell you, so real that all of my previous life was by comparison a mirth, shadow play and I myself was more alive than I had ever been. It was like waking from sleep. Jesus is trying to get somebody right now who's listening to me to wake from sleep and experience the peace that surpasses all understanding that's in him. Well, when you've had that encounter with Jesus, and some of you should open your heart and you should, you know, the next few days, that should be your prayer. God, I want an encounter uh, in your son, with your son, Jesus. Jesus, I want to meet you. Make that your prayer. and When you have an encounter with that one, it holds you through the great tragedies of life and it gives you peace. You know, there's a fellow by the name of Horatio Sparefoot. You may not recognize that name, but ultimately he wrote a song called It Is Well With My Soul. His quick story is that he was a very wealthy and successful lawyer, Presbyterian elder. The first tragedy he experienced was his young child died at four years old. A few years later, a horrible fire broke out in Chicago and a huge part of the city was wiped out that contained a lot of the property he had invested in. Almost went broke. A couple years later, the economy uh, sagged the bottom, fell out there in Chicago, and he lost even more money. And yet he was committed to going to London to preach Jesus along with a fellow by the name of, of Mr. Moody. He sent his wife and four girls on the ship to get there before him because he had a few things he had to take care of. And right as they were traveling through the ocean, a storm came out of nowhere, tore the ship up. All four of his daughters died. Only his wife made it back. And this Horatio finally gets on the ship to go meet his wife. And right at the place where his four daughters had lost their lives, in the midst of the worst kind of grief looking at tragedy in the face it is his faith that kicks in and deep in his heart the words that has become an everlasting hymn for people of faith he began to take them down he writes when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows rose i want you to notice that, that Peace like a river and sorrows like a sea. Bill arose that they, they exist in the same verse. And, and what he's teaching us here is that it is very possible to have great sorrow and yet great peace in Jesus at the same time. I, I, I know this to be true. As a pastor, I've stood beside the bedside in a room full of sorrow. And as a believer slips from time to eternity and the room fills up with peace and there is great weeping and great peace at the same time. Time. And he goes on to say, Hey, here's my confidence. He says, When sorrows like sea billows rose, whatever my lot, whether I'm wealthy or whether I'm poor, come on now, uh, my ultimate trust is not in family, it's not in money, it's not in health. My ultimate trust is where I have my soul. You know he's imitating what Jesus said. Father into thy hands I commit my spirit. I've given my soul over to the one who has conquered death. Jesus himself. He says whatever my life thou has taught me to say it is well it is well with my eternal soul. My, my life circumstances may not be right but, but I'm going to be alright because he who has overcome it all has me and no doubt, something must have sneaked into its conscience. What about your sin? What about your imperfections? Doesn't that keep you out of reach of Jesus? And then he starts to write again. He comes up, my sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. A thought, he writes, my sin. Not a piece of it. Not in part. But the whole. Every bit. Every bit. All of it. Come on now. Is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my so, he's saying when my savior died on Calvary's cross the will in whom i trust he took care he slayed the power of my sins over my life and as paul puts it this way that jesus became sin for us that in jesus we might become the righteousness of god and so he comes he he, he crescendos out praise the lord praise the lord right in the middle of the place where he lost his girls, because he remembered that while tragedy had spoken, he who has overcome the world will have the last word. Isn't that powerful? So here's the last thing you, here's the decision you have to make. Very last decision. You just have to decide where to put your ultimate trust. Where are you gonna put it? And I say, put it in Jesus, the ultimate overcomer. Trust him and have peace. Amen. Lord, we pray that you would bless these words, bless the hearts that these words are penetrating. May, may they create trust and lead to the peace that's in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh my goodness, God bless you. Listen, you get, to, you get to take a next step here. And so there's a connection card and an app that has some next steps on it. There's also one popping up if you watch this in Facebook. And you know, there's some next steps that you can choose. The very first one is, look, I wanna commit to be a Jesus follower. I wanna, I, I, I wanna follow him, I want him, the overcomer. I wanna be linked to him. And then, of course, there's response to the message. And if you simply check this in the connection card, you're saying, I'm making this commitment. I will practice trusting God daily because I believe. Remember, in that moment of anxiety and worry and fear, you decide to trust God and let go. And then, of course, the reflection question. Take a picture of it. What is one area in your life where you can begin to trust God through acceptance and surrender? And guess what? I'll see you this Thursday night as we celebrate Christmas Eve together. I hope that this message on peace truly blessed you and will bless others that you will share it with. Now, remember this Thursday night, I want to encourage you to invite at least five people to be with us on Christmas Eve. Remember the three different ways you can do it. Our website, the app, Art of Facebook, there electronic invitations you can send directly to those that you love from those sites. Secondly, I wanna encourage you to invite people to watch us on YouTube this Thursday night. So hey, if you go to our website, go down to the bottom of the of the uh, opening page, you'll see this little deal here that that says YouTube. And when you tap on it and go to our YouTube channel, the first thing I need you to do, subscribe to our YouTube channel and enjoy us on YouTube.